You're about to experience a new way to thrive in martial arts by exploring who you are, what you love and standing up for what you believe in. It's time to rise because this is where we challenge and say no to outdated industry norms and say yes to change so that we create a healthier, happier and thriving martial arts community. I'm your host, Laurine Zuhake. Welcome to the Rise to Thrive podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Pharrell Scheimer. Biologically born female, Pharrell is now a proud trans man taking the challenges life gave him to share, to educate, motivate and empower to show we're all unique individuals with a purpose that is beyond gender. He is an accomplished speaker, LGBTQIA advocate and community leader. Being a former professional boxing coach, Pharrell uses the prism of boxing and training to advance equality and improve both physical and mental health outcomes. Pharrell and I talk about breaking down gender barriers by finding common ground, discuss societal norms and how they may show up on the martial arts mats. Welcome, welcome. I'm so stoked to have you here. Soon you will also talk on our Thrive Drive method as an expert coach. So looking forward to that as well. So please, to our listeners, introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks, uh, Lauren, for having me on. Um, I'm Pharrell Shemar. I'm a LBGTQIA plus advocate for mental health in the community. Also a professional boxing coach and I specialize in pad work. Oh, I love And I'm from Australia. <laughs> I love pet work. I really need, do you do also online, just as a side note, do you also do online things? Because I definitely would like to learn more about pet work. I, <clears throat> I've got it on my other page. I've got to find, because I deleted my old channel, but I'm getting back to putting it all up again on my um, pet technician page, which is just linked on my original Instagram. Okay, perfect. Uh, we'll make sure in the show notes that people also can can find it. Because that's, I find pet work is a whole, um, you know, piece of mastery on its own. So I'm stoked. Okay. So you are also a transgender and transgender is a big topic, especially in sports. It is a contested topic often. And um, here in the Rise to Thrive podcast, we really also want to have the uncomfortable conversations in with the aim to make the martial arts a safer, better space for everyone. So would you like to talk something um, about your experience, about your your journey there? And then I would like to move on and to ask the question. So you're a coach um, or a gym owner and suddenly a first transgender student pops up and you don't know what to do and then take it from there. So you just want to experience first or? Sure. Um, so I started, uh, started the gym at like 19. I didn't uh, tell anyone who I was and I stayed like that for a very long time. But in my mind, it was because the doctors really assured me that who I was, you know, being trans, it, it was, it was a bad thing. It was like, if people know who I am, I won't live the, the, the same life. And I, I didn't want to have that above my head. I did live with extreme guilt. <laughs> I don't know what the guilt was for, but I lived with a lot of guilt. So I just made sure no one knew who I was. Well, I didn't say anything, but then again, no one knew. And, and why would they? I just, I just did what I did. I was really, yeah, big at the time, so it was about 120 kilos. So I did drop down to about 73. So I had my own insecurities of being, you know, overweight and, and obviously not having facial hair and not looking more masculine than I would have liked to at the time. 
So I just went my whole, you know, martial arts journey, just no one knowing. The only reason I had spoken about it was a friend of mine in 2019, you know, offered to speak about it on a podcast, which I thought, you know, this will be really good. But that was an own, my own personal endeavor I wanted to do. Um, my experiences at the gym, though, were just nothing to do with trans. It was more of just the general public, so the wider community, what they would have gone through, you know, being, you know, chubbier, not being good enough, not being good looking enough, just the general physical, you know, narcissistic, misogynistic, just typical gym environment, or my experiences they were. A couple of people did know I was trans because I told a couple of friends who may have told someone else. Um, and I wasn't looked at the same, but again, that was just a general generalization. I didn't really experience anything too bad from from that. But then again, those who didn't like me, I wouldn't have known because everyone really kept to themselves. And I think by the time I did make it known, I was well known in the industry and no one really said anything to me. And even if they did, I probably would have had something to say back anyway. So I think it's a bit different now, but at the time I can't really say if I did disclose what the outcome would have been. All right. Yeah, I think it's indeed a, um, it's such a big topic because you don't know either. Some people get so much like support and you're like, oh, I could have said it sooner, you know, and for others, they get just this backlash that is just, you know, also super unnecessary. So yeah, let me just like, I just create a specific situation so that maybe, maybe listeners, they find themselves in, um, I know I had it because lately we got our first transgender who's in the in the transitioning period, which is again something in the middle. And I was like, "Huh, we have only male and female locker rooms." Mm. When you are in the act of transitioning, where what do you do? Obviously, we had like just a another room that mm. you just can lock, so that was like easily fixed. But there are things to think about that I think okay, in a new gym, we want to create also neutral gender neutral locker rooms. Just for because I also don't necessarily like to undress when there are other kids in the, yeah. you know, I also don't <laughs> like that. So I just having this student make me question so many things. And I kind of want to ask these questions because I also know many coaches that do really want to be an ally. They don't dare yeah. to ask because they're afraid that when they say the wrong thing or they phrase it wrongly, that they get ostracized. Yeah. So what would you say to a gym owner or a coach and the first, say, a, a, somebody who is transitioning comes to their school? Well, my advice is generally to just treat them the way they would treat anyone else. My usual um, example is, you know, if, if someone who has a wheelchair comes to a facility, you know, you, you like to think you open the door, you ask them, is there anything I can do to accommodate? You know, if there's a woman who's pregnant, you go, you know, because <laughs> I don't know, I don't know about myself. I definitely don't know anything about, you know, what it is to be pregnant and, and what it's like. So I would, you know, I would ask the lady, you know, can you tell me, is there anything I can do? I'm not really experienced in this area. And they would tell me um, if they would like to. And it's the same with anyone else. Like I'm not exactly you know, well knowledgeable in a lot of areas that I have no experience or understanding of. So my nature is to ask, you know, what can I do? And I would just have to rely on that person to say something that obviously would be beneficial for them. So it would just be the accommodating of the individual, regardless if they're trans, you know, uh, pregnant, disabled, abled, etc. I think the idea of trans, they just, everyone just frees and goes, what, what does that mean? And Again, my advice is to just treat the person as an individual and maybe that person themselves doesn't even know what, what, what they would like or 
some people have a list. <laughs> some people want, you know, a red carpet thrown out. And some people are just, look, I just want, I just want a bathroom. I just want my own change room. And, and that's all. And again, that's just coming down to the individual. But then again, trans aside, it would be no different from having anyone else in the facility who has a different need or a specific requirement, um, just to make that a lot easier for everyone to go, all right, fair enough. I can't um, really give an answer for the individuals who are trans themselves. Um, they may want something specific. They may not know how to express it. So it's just, again, taking it by step by step and just giving them or allowing them to feel, you know, welcome. Is there anything I can do? If not, please, you know, text me or email or let me know and, and just make them feel comfortable because they may not be ready yet to share because it is, it's a relationship you build, like, you know, with martial arts, it's that trust. And that's generally, look, that's how I would like to be treated. So that's the advice I give. And just to be, you know, just to try open up and, and see how that goes. It's always a, it's a start. Exactly. Daring to ask. I think also that coaches should also accept that they may make mistakes or yeah. it's, a tri it's a trial and error thing to figure out. As you say, every person is different. So also same with neurodivergent students. We have many, but they're all slightly different and have different needs. Yeah. And then I also know like uh, language is always like a thing. Like personally, I don't care so much about language because I know it's limited. We need language to communicate, but I also know that language falls mm. short. And I also know that being able to express yourself is really difficult. Like just because we use language doesn't mean that we can always express ourselves in ways that we kind of say what we mean and mean what we say. Yeah. And I know like in Germany, like the language itself is super gendered. And like something I have is like, I'm not native speaker German. So regardless of gender, I make yeah. uh, uh, gender mistakes with the cases when I talk to people. And um, I, I can, and I'm aware that sometimes it can happen that maybe somebody, somebody would get upset. However, I am not a native speaker. I do my best, but I will make those mistakes because it's just a very hard language. So what... Do you think like um, how far should we also try to accommodate, but also that people with specific needs or people who are trans, um, that they can also accept that an ally can still make mistakes and needs also help there? Like that just because they make a mistake, that doesn't make them a hater? Yeah. I mean, I generally, I mean, working in a gym, I've had, <laughs> I tend to make up people's names. I don't know how I've, I've made up a lot of people's names. I don't know why they still go with it. And two months later, I'll be like, John, I'll go, my name was Jack. And I'm like, oh, and I'll still go with it. And, don't, and a lot of the times everyone just knows I'm goofy, but I'm pretty sure and I'm really sure I have really annoyed <laughs> a lot of people because they're like, dude, how do you not remember my name? So that alone, you know, not remembering names, uh, you know, I was also told that women who do get married and they change their last names, you know, that can become, you know, so used to this name, it changed, they change their name. Um, it just stuff like that, which to the individual, it's like, why can't you remember? And for those who don't really know much about the martial arts world, it, you know, I and yourself and anyone who does listen in, you know, you've got 30 different people. It could be 30 different people in. I take three classes back to back and I've got anywhere from young people to older people, men and women, people that want me to use their nicknames. <laughs> it's a lot, it's a really a lot to remember. And sometimes you get new people in all the time. So that alone, it's really challenging to remember. And by the end of it, I'm, I'm just going, you, you, just <laughs> go over there because you've got a limited amount of time. But with all the respect I can, I really do try. And I always tell people at the end of class or the start, let me know if I've, you know, 
mis you know mis said your name or if you have a pronoun you'd like me to use again I do and I do forget um, but I try not to let it dwell because I have a class to run and it's really challenging as a coach in 45 minutes to remember everything remember names remember the drills keep it in time and be able to get the other trainers in and out so that in itself I can I would like to hope that people can appreciate it's not easy being a coach but I really do try and, and I am getting used to it like I've got a lot of people in classes who have different pronouns and I have to now remember that and I try and I really do and I and I do tend to I'm getting the hang of it but what I personally found the easiest was just using names because it's very challenging because by default you know I go he her and I match people but now I just use names and I find that a lot easier and the person themselves finds it a lot easier as a coach I personally do find it challenging when people get angry at me because it's hard you know it, it's very hard to be able to to do what I do and then also then get a bit of, you know, blame for what I'm doing. And of course I would never do or say anything in a, in a malicious way. I could, I could never do that. So obviously, as I, as I say to people who, you know, obviously if something comes out in a, in a horrible way or a bad way, that's intentional. That's a different story that you do not condone in my opinion. And that should not be something we stand for in the scene as a client or as a, as a worker or coworker, et cetera, employee. So that is where you can draw a line and I would draw a line. But for those who are trainers, I my best recommendation is to say, just use their name. If someone does want to use a specific pronoun and you can, I know, like as you said with Germany, it's, it's very gender specific. Names, if that's possible, then I would suggest that. But I always tell people, just come up to me during class and just, you know, give me a bit of a tap and go, hey, I'll oh, he, him or she, her or something. But I'm pretty cluey. Like I don't yell it out. I tell people just give me a nudge or, you know, give me a bit of a hint or tell me before or after class so I remember the next time. But I've been very fortunate like that. I personally would not like if someone's going to keep getting angry at me. Even I wouldn't like that because it's like you, it's a very challenging area. I've had, when I was young, about 15, I had a teacher really not listen to me when I did say, can you call me he? And he kept saying she on purpose. That's like, mate, like, come on, I've been honest. It's really, it's challenging for me as a young person to open up and tell you he, the whole class thought I was a he, and you're basically saying she and you laughed about it. Like you've broken my confidence, you've broken my self-esteem, and I didn't want to go back to school ever again. Stuff like that as an adult to a young person can break someone. A lot of people may laugh and think this is a joke, but just think about anyone out there who you know, has a disability or a learning disability and you're making reference to that, that's not nice. And these things can break someone's confidence down. You know, you know how you watch parents, their kids come home from school and they seem a bit depressed and the parents are like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Those kids are going through something that you're never going to know because they're getting bullied, whether it's from a coworker, a colleague, a child, a friend, family, school. These things do bother us and we take with us to adulthood. Again, some people think this is a joke, but from personal experience, it can break you. And I've remembered many times I've wanted to take my own life just from people just harassing me with words. It destroys you. And I know we do live in a different generation where I don't want to say things that we say offend others, but we do take things more serious now in the terms of mental health, where maybe five, 10 years ago, it was you brush it off. But we're saying that if someone's in a position where mentally you can benefit them, just really try. If not, I would then suggest don't be around those people then. Don't go to those gyms. Don't go to those facilities. 
whether it's work or not, if you're going to be the kind of person to make it harder for someone. Again, it may sound a bit harsh, but to me, these things do help someone's life. It doesn't have to be gender. You know, like I said, a, a woman's last name changes when they get married. I don't know if that's what it's like in Germany and other cultures. I know, you know, especially down in Australia, if someone gets married, uh, you don't have to change your last name. By default, a lot of women do. You know, I, I changed my name and my whole family had to get used to it. And, and there's an example when they kept saying my old name, it felt really, I felt yuck, you know, and they keep saying Sasha and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. And that's my family. And even though they were trying, that still bothered me. So just stuff that I can try related in any way, shape or form that people can kind of get an idea and go, okay, I, I can understand that. It's not easy for people to speak up and go, can you not do that? It bothers me. Because if someone knocks you back, you don't want to talk anymore. We don't have to respect people. I don't mean it like, in a, you know, we all have the freedom of speech. If you don't want to respect someone, no one's going to make you. Unfortunately, the result isn't good. But if you are a respectful person and you can show that respect, it goes a long way. I hate telling people this is what you have to do because at the end of the day, a lot of people may listen and go, I'm not listening to him. And that's fair enough. I wouldn't listen to me either. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I hate telling people what to do because I can't and I won't. But if I can give an example or another perspective and it helps, then I know I'm doing something that can be a benefit. Yeah, I think it's very important to fight in common ground. Like I feel happy in my body. So I have absolutely no idea what it feels like to feel completely alienated from it. I don't, you know. Um, of course, there are moments that I was unhappy with it, but not like to that extent. But I do know yeah. on a mental, emotional level, I do know how it feels like. I think everybody found moments where you just kind of were at war with yourself somehow. Yeah. And I think that is an emotion that we all understand. So, and, and when you wanted to change it or you asked somebody to just do something slightly differently and they didn't on purpose, that is hurtful. Or even if they wanted to, but they slip up, I can, you know, it was hurtful but you were kind of like, we also need to help them. I also realized that um, there are many willing people that are truly willing. They just need some help. And some also some, um, whether it's from, from, from the trans community or from somebody else, um, but that we also need to help remind them step by step, even if it's super annoying. I think you can sense when somebody really tries. Yeah. And I think then we should also cut them some slack and just help them in the process. Because I also know some really old school coaches, for instance, and they, they were not really on social media. So when this whole pronoun thing happened, yeah. they were kind of like, they really, they don't understand why this <laughs> is a thing. And I had a conversation with one and this person, like, I, I think this person would definitely do, if you ask this person to use, this person would do the best, would try his best, try the best to do it. Mm. but they still don't, they just don't get it. it. It took a while for them to really understand why this was an issue. And so they kind of sounded sometimes like a jackass when yeah. they question it, <laughs> but they didn't really want to be a jackass, kind of. Yeah. Also just the whole LGBTQ, now A+, plus, like it becomes also longer and longer that sometimes it's like, I cannot keep up. I just want to ask, what can you say, like when you also, when you deal with just some like older generation um, coaches there that, that I think they do want to try to create a safe space, but this is for them a little bit over their heads. Yeah. Well, and like I said in, um, I think it was a previous podcast or a couple of podcasts ago, a lot of people don't, I mean, just generally speaking, you know, everyone has to, I, I like you said, the common ground. It's also finding and understanding, you know, in my, this is, again, this is my personal view. Not everyone's going to agree. I also feel like 
just like with a relationship, you know, I always, I don't always want to be right, but you know, you always want to be right. You, it's, it's always good to understand your partner. So the same with coaches, um, you know, boxing alone, I'll just use a boxing example, is, is a very old school sport. And a lot of the, you know, the generations are very old school in their, in their ways. It's not to say that they're right or wrong, but it's a very, you know, masculine dominating sport. So let alone these coaches who have that old school mindset, it's not bad, but again, it's just updating the way we, you know, especially with mental health anyway, like, you know, how many times are you going to get punched in the face with a broken nose over here? So we change the way we, you know, we, we act in sports and we act, you know, the way we spar and the way we have headgear, it becomes, <laughs> you know, our, our nose, our face starts to stay the same. The point I'm trying to make is it's always good to understand a coach's view and where they grew up. I went to uh, a gym in Perth. They ran a old school Cuban, um, very old school Cuban boxing club. There were no windows. And I thought, I love, I was down there and it was, it was amazing. And this, the coach, I think he's in his 50s, he was calling everyone stupid. He's like, you're stupid, you're stupid. I'm like, oh, wow, this is old school. This was a month ago. He didn't call me stupid because I was making sure I did it right. He's like, you're stupid, you're stupid. What is wrong with you all? What are you here? And I thought, wow. This is really old school, but I understand. I'm not saying it was right because these poor kids look like they were about to cry. They look like they were going to cry. And I'm like, I said to the kid, he's, he's, I don't think he means it like that. I think he means just don't do that. But they don't know that. I do because I've grown up around that. But at the same time, a lot of people would say, this is not, you know, you shouldn't condone this. But then again, I understand where he comes from. Not to say that I agree, but I get it. And the unfortunate thing is a lot of these coaches don't know anything outside their box because that's how they grew up in a very narrow-minded, not that they're, again, not that they're right or wrong, but that's all they know. So when all of a sudden they're being introduced to pronouns, they're thinking, you'll hit a box. I don't need to hear this. Boxing, boxing, kickboxing, kickboxing, karate, karate. Why are we talking about pronouns and this and that? So I understand that because in my mind too, I'm hit a box. I don't need outside issues, if that makes sense. So from their perspective, this is all new and it's new to the point where they're like, I don't understand you box. Just come here and box. What is this? And explaining it can be quite challenging because a lot of old school coaches, male, female, that's all they knew and that's all they know. So when you introduce new things, mm -hmm. even though it's 2023, a lot of them are like, I don't get it. A lot of them, like he doesn't speak English well. So you, you know, try and explaining gay, straight, bi, I don't think anyone's even going to try. Again, I'm not saying right or wrong, but I'm explaining a lot of old school coaches where they don't understand. It's like, I'm not going to tell my grandparents who are Greek and Italian, by the way, there's gluten-free bread when they're like, yeah, bread, bread, here you have bread, no gluten-free, but yeah, 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 bread, all the same, all the same. It's humorous in a way, it's, it's challenging in a way, but you leave them to their own demeanor. But trying to change moving forward, the best, my advice is to the old school coaches, again, just respect. Try to have that understanding. If someone walks in, you know, I have walked into old school gyms, they're like, you know, he, her, and they just know she boy, uh, she boy, <laughs> she girl, he boy. It, it can be quite challenging. Unfortunately, I can't, I can't even get through. And that's where I just go, you know what, either I just stick around and I say, no, no, he, Pharrell, he, and then I do my thing, or I have to find another gym. Because a lot of these people, it's not that they don't want to change. Some of them don't know how, because they don't understand what's going on. Because again, they're, they're, to them, it's a sport, it's an art. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't want to change because they do have a very right wing view. For me, 
I wouldn't go there then. If I know that's how they're going to view things, I won't go. If I know someone's trying, I will then, you know, 50-50, coaching, you know, 50%, 50%. Again, different perspectives. It's a different generation. We still have a lot of old school coaches who are producing new school coaches, but with an old school mentality. It's a very challenging area because the way I was trained in sport, I still have a bit of that. I don't care what weather it is, you're running. I don't care if you're bleeding, you're running. I don't care if something's broken, you're running. You, it's a sport. And the problem with martial arts, it's a very combative sport. So mentally and emotionally and physically, you need to be in the zone. Well, pardon the pun. <laughs> but that challenging part of things then gets broken down into gender when the individual's like, yes, but I still exist. But in, in, in hindsight, the sport also does dictate a more different approach. So, again, it's just breaking down with the coach ways to – and, again, I probably wouldn't – personally, I wouldn't explain the LBGTQ. And I have. I've got friends who are my age, 32, who I've explained LBGTQ and said, you know I'm trans, and I'll go, what's that? And I explain, like, oh, I don't care, I don't care. It, it's disheartening. It's like, dude, I'm trans. I'm trying to – I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Personally, I don't, I don't talk to them. I just think it's a waste of my time. Um, I still go every now and then, and, and they're good. They, they treat me the same, but they don't want to know about it. Personally, it's a waste of my time to spend going over it because I know it's not going to get anywhere. If they really wanted to understand, they'd say, hey, could you take a minute to help me or explain? If they're still respecting me, I mean, yeah, that's a good thing. But again, I think it's a challenging area because we bring it up. Do you know what I mean? No one goes into a gym and brings up things on the outside world. It's like people go to work. They don't bring up their relationship problems. We're here to work. Even though we are taught to speak mm -hmm. up, which we should, and it's good for our mental health, at the same time, do you see where the, the, the complexity of everything comes in? Because you go to a gym to train. We don't go there to talk about problems. We go there to do our job. We go there to train. We go there to learn, and then we go home. It's an area where we're now introducing things where it's like just – get changed do the class so I think it's just finding the middle ground mm -hmm. what can we do as a coach what can we do as a gym uh, what can we do for the individual and I think to me personally I think the best way around it is individuals speak to the coach if they respect you they will try if they don't it's one of those things the only challenging part with the wider community who don't understand this is because they don't go to a gym mm -hmm and say, hey, I had a bad day, they go to the gym. If a woman that was pregnant kept going to a gym, hey, do you have somewhere? No, we've got no change rooms. It would become an issue. So then that would become a theme. And women would, who were pregnant would then be limited with gym options. But because gyms are now being, you know, quite accommodating for, you know, wheelchair access, it's not a challenge. But gender is a challenge because it's new. It's something we don't talk about. It's something that why would we talk about in a gym? And it's something that every individual experience is different. It's like, I just heard that and that, and now there's another one. It can be quite daunting. And I know I sound like a bit of a ramp because I'm trying to like branch out on all these areas so everyone understands because I try to respect the coach's view, the individual's view, society's view. It's a very complex view. And the middle ground to me is just individual respect. You'll know as a person if your coach or gym respects you, and as a gym, you'll also know, is that person just, you know, taking advantage of specific things? 
again, you don't have to relate it to gender. It can be anything in the world. Like it's like a fighter coming in going, well, I'm the fighter. What have you got? Mate, I, you know, your respect will go the same way as everyone else. I'm not going to respect you because you're a fighter or respect you more because you're a fighter. I teach my fighters when you leave the ring, you will respect everyone else the same way they respect you. If you're going to think that one trophy you won gives you the hierarchy, I will not support that. So that's how I treat everyone. No one, everyone is equal in my eyes. Again, that's my view. Everyone is different. Unfortunately, you can't really tell people <laughs> what view to have, especially, I don't know what it's like in Europe. Um, I do know some coaches who are old school are actually pretty good. We don't care who you are. You come in, we all equal. Unfortunately, they don't express their words the way you or I would. And I know coaches who have said to me, look, Pharrell, boy, girl, man, woman, child, everyone, come in. And to maybe you or me be like, yeah, maybe that's not the best choice of words, but you know they mean well. So I think it's just building that relationship. Again, it is challenging because I know there's a lot of hate towards the community and that can just, you know, have a ripple effect. But I'm trying the best way I can for everyone to sort of go, okay, this makes sense, I understand and not judge gyms because gyms can be the best place to be to help you. And that can be the most challenging place to go. <laughs> so it's a bit of a catch 22. Yeah, I think we really, because as you say, it's new, like, you know, the wheelchair thing was new some time ago too, but now most places have that down. So mostly yeah. there's an elevator, like it's not, a, as you say, it's not a problem, Yeah. but this whole like gender is just new and kind yes. of uncharted territory also in many ways. And I think, we also have to be patient, even if that's super annoying and also super hurtful for many, that I hope that we somehow can remain like hopeful in a growth mindset that like with the wheelchair or other things, it does get better. And some people also just in institutions too, they just need time to just turn around and to realize that, oh, this is like, you know, the new normal kind of is integrated in society. Because also in my school, like I want everybody to feel safe and that they can train hard whatever whatever it is what they want to work on that when they come to our school that they know that also if something happens because things can happen among students between us that they always can come and say hey this hurt me because I also experienced things that people said something to me and I know they really meant well I really I know I know they're good people and it still hurt so then sometimes I'm kind of like okay, I'm just going to help them or I address it or I'm kind of like, no, I know how it's meant. So that's fine too. That's a personal choice. But I feel, especially in the martial arts world, on the mats, we somehow, and every school will be different, but to find some sort of indeed common ground where it kind of works for everyone, it's always a little bit of give and take. And I think that's also normal because it is a dynamic interaction. Like there's always movement. Like there's always people, people all have their own problems, their own challenges, their own views. I mean, some people say in BJ, like, you know, oh, in the moment you're on the mat, there's no ego. Well, we all know that's not really true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I like the idea, right? Like it, it would be nice if, because it is true that when you go to a big martial arts school, you do find people from all walks of life. I mean, if it's a healthy school, yeah. otherwise you have more specific audience. But in general, if you have a healthy gym, you do find people from almost any walk of life, which I think is very great because then you get in touch with people you normally wouldn't meet. Yeah. So I think the martial arts could be such a great um, common ground to indeed grapple with these issues. Like they are complicated and it might not be a perfect solution for everyone, but I do believe with the input from everyone, you can get make it better. 
Yeah, it's. I, I just remember when I used to train because I'm in my home gym. It was once a home gym, and I remember I had like a kid that um you know is a young fellow who was a uh, suicidal, significantly depressed, and then I had a um one who's a emergency an ER nurse, and his um you know his character alone is very uh dry humor, dark humor because of his his job. Mm-hmm. And then I've got someone who was from Jordan and they're very just macho. Then I had another guy who would just constantly make, you know, silly, senseless jokes that crack me up. And then I had me and we'd always, you know, we'd always have a joke. But then at the end, you know, when the young kid left, you know, my mate, uh, the young lad who was a nurse would always make some crude joke. And I'm like, mate, relax. He's, he's you know, and I couldn't disclose what he was going through. And he'd go, yeah, he needs to man up. But your background as a nurse you're, you're, and again, he's desensitized. And then you've got the guy from Jordan who's very, you know, very, you know, very disciplined with his culture. And he's like, no, no, we're here to box. Then you've got the other guy like, oh, he's constantly joking. So it's really interesting because we're there for the sport. That's all I care about. We are here to box. But then sometimes I would look back and I would see that young kid's face. He would, he put his head down and he said to me after, he goes, no one likes me. And I know that they were just making jokes, but I could see the effect on him. And they all loved him, but at the same time, again, different yeah. backgrounds. And it was up to me initially to go, hey, we all joke, but can we leave it outside? Or if you're going to joke, at least explain to the young lad. Again, because he grew up really depressed, he doesn't understand the joke. To him, he took it hard. And to everyone else, mm-hmm. they didn't get it. But at the same time, in a sense, it was my responsibility. I had these people in my care. I was training them. And sometimes I made silly jokes where I'm like, dude, that's not appropriate uh, in terms of like I may have made a joke and said, keep your hands up. You look like a, you know, X, Y, and Z as a joke. And because, you know, we do, we make a joke, you know, we have mm-hmm. a laugh, but it would bother him because he was very sensitive because of his upbringing. And again, as a coach, it is up to me to make sure that I set boundaries that if they're not going to joke, I shouldn't joke. You've got to set boundaries because the way you act, your students will then act. They will see that, oh, Pharrell's, you know, spitting on the floor, then everyone else is going to split on the floor. You are an example, especially as a coach, how you treat the students, they will treat everyone else. So again, that could partially be my fault and more than happy to take that because I am that example. I should be. And there's a lot of things that I've done when I first started that, you know, I would swear in front of the students and I'm like, dude, don't do that because I felt comfortable. But in hindsight, not really the best approach. And those things I... I shouldn't have done and you know and you do you become close with your fighters you become close with the students because you have these relationships where you're constantly around each other they look to you for support you know you go out you have a coffee you know sometimes with the fighters you go out and have dinner after it's an area where it can be quite challenging and complex again but when I got to know a lot of these guys my heart would break because they were from backgrounds where they were one week away from taking their lives their their marriage had broke down they lost their job they're here with no money and the judgment that I had and the assumptions before really changed me as a person. But again, that's because of what I've experienced as a coach and the people that came in there. I thought, who the hell am I to judge these people? And I did judge them. I'm like, what is this wacko doing? <laughs> but that wacko wasn't. They were the most beautiful person on earth. And here I am judging. And I and I am the most idiot senseless person there is who just makes the most stupidest jokes. And I don't like myself for that because I shouldn't have thought the way I did. But then again, that was my background because everything in our family is a joke. Not to say what I did was right. Not that I did anything wrong, but I don't like the things that I had done. 
I could have been a better coach and I always want to be a better person. And, and even now I make stupid jokes and people are like, you can't say that. <laughs> but I, I try my hardest to learn. So, and, you know, just going back to the community, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging because the things that I say that I think are funny are probably offending someone else. And I don't even think. And I try my hardest to really think about the words that I say, the way I communicate, not judging people. And if you think that's a challenge, I mean, old school coaches do not, like I said, where that guy was smacking everyone on the head, he goes, you're stupid. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm good. Um, but then again, that's just the environment. Uh, again, not condoning it, but it's a very challenging area. And it's one that's it's very old school where it's going to take a while to adjust. But again, there's a lot of this. Again, this could be in the workplace culture. If you look at construction sites, they're changing mm-hmm. with their mentality. Uh, I don't know about offices. I don't. I don't even think I go to an office, <laughs> but everyone has a different mentality. And fortunately for businesses, uh, due to laws, they do have new um, compliances that they have to go with, you know, training and education. In a lot of gyms, there is no education. It's not mandatory. Mm-hmm. That's where it's a significant challenge. It's not a, hey, guys, we're going to learn about the community today because it's a part of the education. It's a part of our recruiting process, et cetera. It doesn't exist. That is why I always felt like gyms would be the last to change. And not in a bad way. It's because there's nothing in place that implements any sort of plans or education or training, et cetera. Yeah, that's a very good point. It's also why, you know, off the zone why we started, because I'm kind of like, indeed, who is kind of coaching the coaches, right? Because just because you're good in a martial art, that's great. Like, that's usually not the problem. They know their trade. But again, I mean, usually, but how you um, teach that, how you pass that on to somebody, especially when you have a very diverse group, that is mastery on its own. And that's why we indeed want to educate and talk about these things, because I also know there are code, they don't dare to ask because they are afraid that they get like canceled these days or, you know, just by asking. And I think that is also like a fair point. And I also like what you said about parts that you don't like about yourself. I mean, if I think back five years ago when I really started teaching full-time oh my god like, you cannot <laughs> like, it's, I mean you're laughing too but I'm, why wasn't I fired sooner <laughs> yeah but sometimes that I was kind of like oh my god like why did I do that and I'm pretty sure five years from now I will be laughing about the moment we have now because you just keep on growing I mean there were so many things I had never heard of let alone understand it and just as you um, meet more people, you realize that your prejudice, they're not sustainable because they come in and maybe in the beginning you have this idea about somebody, you think maybe there's a wacko or whatever, but then you get to know them better and then you stand corrected, right? And I think when you create these connections, those judgments, they cannot hold. If you truly are there for your for your students, that's of course a big if. I mean, if if, if they are just a number, like I don't even need to start, but I found that the more different people I met and the more I, for me, for, I love learning. I love the process of learning. And to me, I always want to figure out, I want to kind of crack their code as in what is their optimal way of learning. And the more I focus on this, the more you learn also about them and they help you because it's sometimes easier to crack the code of another student who is maybe it's similar or, hmm. um, but then I realize I don't think so much in judging them. I'm kind of like, okay, what works, what doesn't work, why doesn't it work, how can I make it work? And from that perspective, you don't even really come so much in that territory of gender or 
other attributes you really like focus on the person mm. and i actually i spoke with my my uh, podcast editor we were talking about this like we you know what topic we're talking about and he is based in the philippines and he said that in the philippine language you don't really have a word for he or she it's just like sha which means that person which i find so philosophical because you kind of you don't say anything that's easy <laughs> It's easy too, yeah. I was like, we should adopt this. But like, what I also like on a deeper level, you don't disclose anything about that person, whether they're a person of color or their sexual orientation yeah. or nothing. It's just like that person. Yeah. And I think that's maybe what some old school gyms kind of profess they do. They say, I'm here for the sport, you know, I'm that person. I don't think they, I think that's what I would like to. They just can't translate the, uh, the lingo. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, which is, uh, again, it's, it's not, it's, it's something that I think would, would be beneficial to say, because I just kind of realized that as you were speaking, great point was that, I mean, with workplaces too, I don't think a lot of people, and it took me a while to understand that workplaces have procedures and plans and rules. And, uh, I've, I've lost all my words, um, cause I don't work in an office <laughs> all that stage that gyms are very self-orientated. No one teaches you how to coach. It's a very, it's like letting a child grow up and become a teen and make mistakes. What people don't understand is when you're in a gym, a coach is a very individual based thing. No one's watching you and telling you what to say. No one tells you how to do your job to an extent. And you're dealing with different people all the time. When you go to work, you've got the same people. If you know, they do get some new recruits, but you're around the same people with procedures. In gyms, you're constantly surrounded by new people, new management, new ways, new plans, KPIs, how much business, it's gone from business to, to, to people. I've been in a lot of commercial gyms where it's about money, so then the people are numbers, and I've been at family gyms where it's a very small community. Mm -hmm. There that I find like yourself are running a lot more in a positive and, and strategic manner. But gyms are something that's very, there you can just live your whole life in your gym. Hence the old school coaches where they just they just have the sport. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing people go, well, why haven't you changed? Well, gyms don't really have anyone to, they don't have anyone watching them to have, like I said, the training and the accessibility to understand what's going on because not only everyone that comes mm -hmm. in is different and they come and go and come and go, there's no rules. That's where it's also very complex and people get away with things that they shouldn't because no one's watching them, no one's setting boundaries. And what I set as a boundary, when you come in, it's going to be different. Like the parents, the, you know, let's go to dad, he's very lenient. No, let's go to mom, she, she lets us get away with stuff. And the, and the kids know, well, which parent to go to. So it's a very challenging area that I think a lot of people don't get um, understand when they go into a gym. Because I've walked into gyms and go, who's running this place? This is horrible. And then there's gyms where I like, oh my God, they're, they're respectful. But again, no one's really in charge. When you've got a chain of gyms, there is nothing really going on. Mm -hmm. So some gyms may never change because it's the same owner from 30 years ago. So I think if, if it helps people go, okay, that makes a lot more sense. But when you go to work, you, you have to follow the rules. You can't have, not that anywhere should have racism, you know, harassment, sexual harassment, but they have HR, they have management gyms do and don't at the same time and there's a lot of loopholes that you can really get lost in and that's why people just leave the gym yeah 
because it's easier to do, which I would recommend if you're in a, you know, obviously in a toxic environment. But that explains a lot of, you know, why things may not have uh, any legislations for, like I said, the the community. If you're not wanted, you just leave. Yeah. Not that it should be that way. No, but I mean, there there is indeed nobody who is watching. Like, say the coach, say the head coach, the owner is a sexual predator. Um, what you can do? Yeah, of course, you're gonna leave. You can, huh? But I mean, who is who is on? There's nobody on top above this person who can hold this person accountable. Yeah. So either indeed everybody leaves, so you know it goes bankrupt in the end, or it gets exposed, or whatever. But that is that indeed happens kind of outside of the gym, and I also. The good point you made is just sometimes you go and you're like, who's running this place? Like, what, what's going on? But I also <laughs> the one person. Yeah, but, but I also think that's why so many uh, martial arts coaches don't take responsibility. What I find, what I've seen, is that when something pops up with us, when or at the moment, as soon as I notice it, I immediately just I'm like, okay, talk to it, nip it in the bud, see what see what it is. Because also sometimes it's literally a misunderstanding, and you talk about it and it's gone. Because if you don't talk about it, it may fester and can explode into something yeah. huge, even though it was literally nothing. And I realized this approach from just being very straightforward and direct about it. We don't have much drama because we don't give it space to grow. Yes. Whereas in many other gyms, they are like, I don't want they, they think addressing a problem creates drama. But I'm like, no, you are avoiding drama when you do it. And since many, they look away, they stick their, their head in the sand, and then all of a sudden there's drama after drama, and they do not take responsibility for it. But I'm like, that's maybe not what you signed up for. You signed up for to teach, to share your knowledge in, in a specific art. But the moment that you take on the role of an educator of some sort, you are also responsible from what like the interpersonal dynamic that happens on your mats in your school as well. And yes, it's very challenging. Um, we also have uncomfortable conversations also with parents because some parents are also absolutely nightmare. Um, but, you know, I mean, I love most of the parents, but some I'm like, please. But you, you need to do it. I can't just ignore it because that will make things worse in the end. And it's still my school. Like if I, on the one hand, set my boundaries, if I say, oh, I want to teach in a specific way and these are my boundaries, that's nice. But I also need to take the other side of the medal as well. Like when you enforce boundaries or you, you set them, you have to also enforce them. Yeah. I can't say, oh, my gym is, is inclusive. Everybody's welcome because I like everybody. But then when somebody comes in and some of my members or some of my students are doing some shit, I cannot, I cannot condone that. And, and that's the thing, it's especially when it comes to certain topics. Like back in the past when I was in commercial gyms, I had spoken up to students, you know, don't be rude and, you know, just bringing up small things like that. Like I've had people interrupt my class and I go, look, we can talk about this later. Oh, you can't talk to me like that. Well, no, you're interrupting the whole class. Mm -hmm. I'm politely saying, wait till after. And then they start causing a scene and they tell management. And then I've even, I've been told off. No, no, the student's always right. Well, hold on a minute. They've interrupted the class. They're being rude. They're swearing now. Mm -hmm. They're not setting an example. And I'm not supposed to be allowing this because it's my responsibility to look after the people here to not condone this. But now you're telling me that their money their $10 a week is worth more than the respect of this gym and the people we looked after. Mm -hmm. So then you just sit there and a lot of people, you want your job, you have to shut up. And that's the problem nowadays. It's that we are so easily disposable that we choose to keep our mouth shut. But again, it's easier to do. And I don't, and I've done it. Mm -hmm. 
I need my job. I, as, I'm, I'm on my own, but the parents out there, they need their jobs. And that's the problem. People judge them, but maybe they, they don't have a choice. This is where it becomes challenging. I'm more than happy to quit. <laughs> I am, I've left quite a lot of jobs easily because I'm thinking I ain't going to put up with this. But other people may don't have that luxury because they've got kids, they've got a family. And that's where things do take a hold of the individual. And you're now thinking, well, what do I do? And this is also where mm-hmm. the authority and power and control comes in of individuals who've got, you know, hanging it over your head. And this is where, again, all these factors that come into place where a lot of people in the community do sit there going, but why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? But again, it's like parents. You know, I always wanted my mum to get a divorce when I was young because of how my father was. I hated my mum. But when I became older and she taught, you know, she spoke to me, I also understood, Jesus, I, I can't begin to imagine. But the hate I had toward her, but I wasn't in her shoes. So then we do look at people going, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? It's not that easy. It should be, but it's challenging when it's one person trying to help 20 people and then you're being, you know, being controlled by a boss or a manager or a colleague or a coworker, etc. Again, this is where I feel like the change will be individual and it's up to everyone individually to do what they can. I personally think that the strongest movement will be from the allies because they're supporting. Again, that's just my view. I, I could be really wrong, but that's just what I see. And it's, and it's quite challenging. And again, anything we can do individually like yourself, just making little changes, it's really going to go a long way. I know we want to see the big changes. And even in my mind, I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, things are going to change now. They may not, but I try to be optimistic. Yeah, I think <laughs> as a gym owner, we are lucky or privileged in terms of that it's two of us. So that's my husband and me. People can choose. And it's very fascinating because we sense that also with the youth, sometimes the boys come to me, sometimes the girls go to him. Like it really depends kind of like also the nature of the topic, who they feel most comfortable with. I like that we kind of have the spectrum there so they can really also just choose. And I also don't care as long as they reach out to one of us, then I know it will be fine. And also like what you say, like for us, course we want to earn money so that we can pay our bills but you realize that in terms of that i am kind of like i don't i'm not afraid of losing people we cater to a specific audience we really want growth-minded people and yes we also help people to get there but you know we want to work with people that really want to work on themselves whether that is to learn an art some people because they want to use martial art as a way to you know grapple with their mental health whatever it is we have also quite some people that come back from burnout and want to, and also young fathers that, you know, the first couple of years of the child's life, they basically was only working in the child. So they completely neglect, neglected themselves. So time to, you know, get back in the swing of things. So we really have these types of people. And we, I mean, we also have the big, you know, muscly and, and, and tattooed people as well. Um, but they also like it because we're not so cutthroat. Like other gyms are super, you know, a bit cutthroaty, even though we were definitely competitive school too. Like that's the fun part. It wasn't by design, but we're definitely highly competitive. But yeah, people sense that with us, like it, you can just be you and you just come there to learn, have a good time and make some friendships, some connections. Um, but still, it's like also for the art, it's just a nice place. But that's not for everybody. Some other people, they want this hardcore stuff and that's completely fine. Yeah. So what I like about is that we also slowly get better in getting our message out and to become clear, like what kind of audience do we cater the best to? Because I am like tiny woman, like 
I am not like when you have these big guys that are like, oh, I want to go hardcore, you know, like my body would not even be able to give that to them, right? Like there's just also like a physical limitation there. So I am good in specific areas there. I excel. And I know other coaches will excel in another thing. And I realize as gym owners, like the clearer you become about your own core values and the clearer you are also what kind of people you want to work with, uh, it really enhances the gym culture because then you attract the people you also really want to work mm. with. And then you also have way fewer issues because yeah. sometimes you have issues simply because you're not a fit. And it's not, not necessarily anyone's fault, but you're just not a fit. And then indeed leaving that, that the person leaves is just like just better for everyone because they are just a, a, a different school will give them what they need. And I realized the clearer we are, um, the easier it gets. And also, I mean, we had also friends and some parents that kind of didn't want to pay or want more and more free classes, tryout classes and stuff. And that I said like, no, you already got two. It's also, your kid also needs to learn to commit. Either they do or they don't. Like that's also part of growing up. And then they're like, oh, well, if we don't um, yeah. agree on the terms then we won't be training at your school. And I'm like, I don't need to have you training at my school. And for a more commercial um, gyms, you know, you want as many bodies basically as possible. And that's for me, not I look at the person, of course, in this, I mean, the kid was fine. Like that's, it was really like the parent thing. But to me, I'm kind of like, I don't need to follow my knees and thank you just because you want your kid to train, you know, in my school. Like, no, this is my school. These are like my rules. And if you don't like it, go elsewhere. I'm not forcing you to enroll here. So I also think that people in general should also really think of themselves like, okay, I want to start a martial art. What kind of needs, what kind of atmosphere would I like to have? Where would I like to train? Yeah. Because I would indeed also not go to every gym. Or I always say try out a couple of gyms, ask the owners or the, or the coach some questions, see how they respond to that to get a feel like whether you're a fit or not. Because I do believe martial arts can be for everyone. It's just that not every gym or every coach is for everyone. And I am certainly not for everyone. And, uh, you know, and I also messed up often in the past. And I, like you, I want to make it better. I learned from it. So I'm also thankful for those mistakes because otherwise I cannot grow either. But I think as coaches, when you realize that all you really know about coaching is just your art and not about how you hold space for somebody, or even when somebody has a panic attack, how do you bring them back? Yeah. Or if maybe someone approaches you and says, I'm thinking of committing suicide, can happen, right? Because you have a connection. How do you respond to that? Yeah. What do you do? And I think that most coaches have no idea how they would handle that. And sometimes, even though they mean well, they don't handle it correctly or appropriately. And these are things that you don't need to do a whole couple of years of study to learn this. Like I know in our course you learn, but I know there are so many other good courses out there, sometimes just workshops where you just learn some do's and don'ts, also to recognize it, how to respond. And I think it's a minor shift and makes such a big difference, such a big difference. And it's minimal effort. That was a really good point because I've had a lot of people... Um when it talks about um, in the space, you know, suicide and mental health. And I've had a lot of people who, you know, listen to this psychologist and, and, I'm, and I, I don't like where people send me stuff, but I still listen. And I'm like, you know, it talks about mental health and I'm like, yeah, yeah, but they're a psychologist. Good. I'm not taking that away. Mm-hmm. But I sit here thinking, well, hold on a second, just because they're qualified and I can appreciate their time and effort. Uh, they're over, even I think they're overcomplicating. I watch a lot of, I get sent a lot of TikToks 
and mental health. And I'm personally, I, I think it's ridiculous. You know, someone's sitting there and then they're, they're pointing out, it's got what music now, and then they'll point up and are you depressed? And then I'm like, I don't know why this has gone viral. Maybe they're, you know, it was a handsome lad or a pretty person or a pretty girl, whatever. And I said, I think it is mental health. <laughs> I personally get everyone's different. I take this stuff serious. So when I sit there watching someone go mental health, depression, we've all got it. Maybe your diagnosis is this. It's like, well, not only you're becoming TikTok famous or whatever it is, you're really undermining what mental health is. People are getting all these random ideas and you're overcomplicating it. So mental health already is the most, I find the most overcomplicated thing. Everyone has a different struggle and they're going to react different. They're going to speak different. So even psychologists, I feel when they talk, it's like I've watched these videos where they're like, if you, you know, what you ever heard, like if you have a long shower, the more depressed someone is, the longer the shower you have. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. 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 I've heard this. Yeah. You know, if you look up, you're lying. If you tap twice, you're, you're a serial killer or I just made that up. But you know what I mean? It's like so many things. I'm like, well, hold on mm-hmm. a second. That to me, that already drives me nuts. I don't want to hear anymore. Do not send me any more on what this is because I know what my mental health is and there's no right or wrong anymore. Mm-hmm. Now with the trans stuff, again, it's complicated because everyone's got a version and it's to the point where I'm like, there's another one. <laughs> I didn't, there's more to it than I actually thought there was. Maybe that's me being naive, but I now have stopped saying specific things because I'm like, well, hold on, I can't say that because someone else has a different view. But if my review potentially can reach another person who thinks the same, then that's awesome. But I think a lot of people that jump into these areas do not have the understanding of that what you say can affect others. And that's where I find it more challenging. And when other people like, okay, this again, it is challenging. How many times do you want to see, do you ever watch the videos? And I'm sure everyone's would have seen this. You watch those boxing videos where they show you how to jab and it's like another one. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. <laughs> In 10 seconds. Like, give it a cross, like, don't yeah. do this. And then, like, In 10 this. seconds, yeah. you've taught me how to jab. It's taken me two years and I still can't do it properly. <laughs> and you've learned this in 10 seconds. Just examples of it can be quite challenging. And then when someone else brings it up, it's like, great, we're talking about this again. So it's become so overcomplicated that no one really wants mm-hmm. to pay attention. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm being honest. Think about things that we talk about so often that it's like, I don't want to hear this anymore. I just want to, you know, can we just talk like COVID? I lost a lot of friends from mm-hmm. COVID because <laughs> you couldn't bring it up anymore. It was a challenging thing to bring up because everyone had different theories. People went through it. Like I've made a couple of jokes and they're like, Pharrell, this is serious. And I've had people stop talking to me because what I made was a joke. They took extremely serious and, you, you know, it's just one of those things where you think's lighthearted. They take it serious. Some don't believe it. Some believe it, you know, the 5G. It's it's one of those things where, again, individual respect. And the, and the one thing that I think is a great perspective on gender that, you know, some people are gay, some are bi, some are straight, but you don't know and, and you don't have to and nor should you because you and me are talking, but, which, but you know, we're, we're friends, we're talking. No one's going to know unless we say something. With gender and transgenders, transgender people sorry they're transitioning so physically you know they're changing Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that people really go this is different because they don't Mm -hmm. tell you by the way i'm transitioning you can see the transition you can see the effects and i think that not only throws people off because some people don't know 
how it works. Some people are like, oh my God, how does this work? And they have questions that can be quite silly, even though to them it's not. Some people have backgrounds where it's like, this isn't, you know, religions where they're like, no, 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 this can't happen. Mm -hmm. But because it's such a physical, you're physically watching someone change, it's probably the most extreme thing to see. Not, not in a bad way. When I say that, it's like, mm -hmm. it's not, if someone says I'm gay, I'm bi, you don't, you don't really see it because you're like, oh, cool. You're still talking to the person. But when you're transitioning, you're changing. And I think it really throws mm -hmm. people off. And there's just so much about it where you're like, oh, my God, how does, how does it work? And I've met transgender people where I've gone, what? And I'm like, Pharrell, please, you, <laughs> you've gone through this because it's all different. And then you've got non-binary, which I'm still like, I'm still like, I actually, be honest, it's, I'm challenged by it because everyone's got a different perspective of it. But the, the point of that story is what really throws people off is the actual the transition. And I think that's where people are like, I'm so lost right now. And we've only got male and female bathrooms, but what does it mean now? Mm. We don't have a we don't, where do we, where do we put you? Do we put you with the women? Do we put you with the men? What do I call you? How does it work? I, I, it's, it's, as much as that sounds silly, that's a general question I would ask. And then I think, well, I've got females here. I've got women here. What do, what, what do they do and what do the men do? And, and how do I, because it's such a, it's just new. And that is people's first yeah. example of, oh, my God. And then the individual feels like crap, but it's not like that at all. It's a really, really complicated area. But I guess I can understand I've gone through it. But to people who have never experienced this, you're like, oh, my God, what, what's going on? But my advice is to just relax and just ask what it is that, like you said, it, it is. You know, how you can't, some people can't afford to change their gym and, and put an extra bathroom in or an extra change room. And then you've got to talk to the students, but it's not their business. So there's a lot of factors that come into place. And I would say, as you said previously before, it's case by case. Yeah. And to really just go with it and just treat people as an individual as they should. Yeah. And But I can understand for people who are listening in that don't really know what the community is about, how challenging it can be. And then for the people in the community to also try understand where other people come from and that why it's not um, as easy as we would like it to be. And it's just, again, a daily thing of just be yourself. And unfortunately, as much as this is going to sound harsh, when you're transitioning, and as I said, it's so physical, a lot of people... I shouldn't say a lot of people, but the challenges will be there's more people who may not accept you mm -hmm. yeah. because they're seeing something different. And it's not a it's not the nicest thing. But again, when I transitioned, no one knew. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe my transition was different. Some people go through a harder transition, some people get bullied. But that's where it's more and again, people of colour would experience this because they're like, I can't change who I am and nor should you. Yeah. And I think these things come into place as a big factor. Yeah. What I once experienced and I found that my husband had the same, uh, we went to a party and there was somebody that, especially my husband knows like for a long, long, long time who was transitioning from male to female and we didn't know. Yeah. And what was cool was like, uh, we came in and I, we saw her from the back and it was everything. And then she turned and 
everything felt really female. It was it was clear we were looking at the female, but our brain was of course confused because we knew this person from before. And I found that so powerful because um, we didn't know, so we had no judgment, no nothing. We just we didn't know. We just meet somebody, and um, and we just sensed how um, it was. A, it's a female, and even though like you could really feel how our body has a way of understanding something and our rational brain a way of understanding. And there was like this collision, not a negative one, not at all. But I found it so powerful because my brain was like, what the hell? And my my body was like, oh, but that is 100% a female. It's so clear. And I found that very beautiful because there you could see how when you transition, that's just like, that's the, that's the person, then that's what you, who you are and what you become. And somehow we just sense that without knowing. So they, they could see how powerful that was. I don't know if I can express it well in words right now because it was really something that I felt. I find very hard to express it. So if I say the wrong thing, I apologize. <laughs> but but it was like, um, it was just because we didn't know. And I can so understand when people um, experience something like that, as you say, when you see this transition, you somehow uh, you, you observe it. For many, it can be a scary thing. Something you don't know is for many scary and I also think many people are so afraid of making mistakes that they therefore don't dare to ask. Yeah. I mean, I've met a lot of people who, you know, they've, you know, they've said they've had cancer and they nearly died or they've been on their deathbed or people who have lost, what, 50 kilos. You're like, what the hell? What do you mean? You've lied? I've, mm-hmm. I'm the first one to go, how? Where did it go? Where did it- <laughs> yeah. But again, that's just me being goofy. But even when people have said, oh, I'm trans, I've, I've actually had a couple of women so funny. One woman pushed me in the arm. She goes, what the hell? And I said, you didn't have to push me. But she, in, a, in a joyful way, she goes, no way. And she was looking at me. She's like, oh, my God. I, could, like, I was laughing. And she's like, but, but how? And I'm like, I don't know. She's like, oh, oh my God. Like, and she just she couldn't get over it, which I get, I laugh. But then, you know, and they just stare at you like you're, <laughs> like it's magic. But then I've met some transgender people. I'm like, you're not trans. They're like, yeah, I am. I'm like, are you sure? And they're like, Pharrell, like. <laughs> I think I know. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things where you just, you just wouldn't know. Someone's lost 50 pounds. You're like, what the hell? And I think people's expressions, um, again, I've got the worst expressions. I think one, um, there was a lad, a friend of mine was going bald. And I'm like, what's going on with your hair? And he goes, Pharrell. And I said, no, really? What? And then I'm like, oh, he's going bald. But. <laughs> probably because of our European background, we do say some pretty, our family do come up with some pretty, you know, abrupt things where we're like, we need to stop but because we always make fun of each other. Um, but at the same time, I, I can understand, like the first thing you do want to ask is you changed your gender. What do you mean? How did it happen? What did you do? What do you, you know, do you have female body parts? What's your name? What does anyone know? And even though mm-hmm. they're pretty, forward questions it's a part of its excitement it's you know it's it's new we don't know it's how does it work how do you live the questions that to us are like just shut up (laughs) because we live like you nothing has changed but in hindsight it's one of those things where i think people and you do you get sick of it it's like um did you see was it wednesday remember that new tv series wednesday Mm -hmm. and she's got that dance that's gone viral and the poor girl was every time i asked how did you come up with the dance she's like i'm just sick of it now (laughs) she doesn't want to talk about it anymore at the start you don't mind talking about it but then you start getting silly questions you get things like oh my god this again and that's where it's like, I've had enough. I'm fed up. Why can't yep. you just Google? Why can't you just go on YouTube? 
And that's another story. So there's a lot of things that, again, and then there's other people out there like, cool, I don't care. Just come on in. You're you, I'm me. There's people I've told I'm trans and they're like, cool. And I'm like, you don't want to ask? I'm offended you're not asking me. <laughs> again, it's, it's an area where some people are so shocked that I don't think they know how to act and they can come across really harsh or uh, I've had friends who I didn't approve. They've actually said, do you have, they've said the female body part, but you've got one of those. And I said, I don't really think you should ask that, but you've got one, don't you? But what does it matter? You got, you got one or not? And even I'm like, like I, my friends previously, mm-hmm. I've had more rude comments from people I know and family than mm-hmm. actual strangers where I find a little bit like, you know, well, just because you know me, it doesn't give you the right to treat me like that. But then again, like I said, these are just individual things that I guess when you bring up something out of the norm, there's questions, there's there's images, there's these things that people and think conspiracy theories that they've heard, tattoos and they're mm-hmm. real mean and then some small guy comes along with a suit, I'm a biker, you'd be like, no, you're not. And then they're like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. You're not a biker. So then it sparks images. They've only known things to be this way. And because the community has got so much negativity, everyone in the wider community majority will hear the negative. And then when they see someone, they're like, oh, okay, this again, which is not Mm -hmm. nice. But again, understandable. Yeah. All the things that come out and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bloody challenging area. (laughs) It doesn't stop. Yeah. It's, 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 um, it's an interesting time to be part also of it. I mean, obviously, I mean, you get a lot of negativity. It's of course a huge, uh, burden, and, and, and challenge, but it's also super fascinating because you're also part of change in a way. I mean, maybe easy for me to say, yeah, I mean, I'll say that, but in a way you are part of creating something new, like new, like first it was, as you say, out of the norm, out of the category, but now it starts to, whether people like it or not, it will be integrated. And um, then mm. as if it always was there, right? I had a friend, uh, someone reached out to me because there's a, there's a lot of trans stuff going on in Sydney. I don't really follow a lot of it because it's so much negativity and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, and I, I probably I could be wrong, but I said to him, the only thing equal in society nowadays is the equal amount of hatred going around. You know, I try to be really understanding for myself, you know, the amount of racism that's going on that still goes on. Um, you know, women's equality and the women's rights, they're mm-hmm. still, you know, off balance. You know, you've got other countries that, you know, Women are fighting for survival, you know, children, kidnapping, pedophiles. There's a lot of things that we don't talk about that are going on. And these young people who are having got, you know, the sex slaves and all these things that you find out in documentaries, you know, who's helping them and what they're going through. And there's so much going on in society where there's just so much out there that we don't realize and the hatred and the negativity and the violence that I also feel like everything should be acknowledged mm-hmm. equally but at the same time again try to do what we can like i would cry myself to sleep every night the amount of thoughts i'm like well i just watched a documentary on the amount of people that you know like serial killers that they're now on netflix but what happened to those families and those people that were that were harmed there's just a lot of things now that i think we just mm-hmm. i think we do become desensitized to mm-hmm. some people don't want to hear it because like how many times do you want to hear on the news the negativity the bombings the the attacks the war it's like i just yeah. want to focus yeah. on my life so then there's people out there who just don't want to know yeah. and yeah. not in a bad way i think you know individuals 
as you said, who knows what they've got going on in their lives. And we just, we, we just, I think the easiest thing into what we can do is make it as simple as possible so people can go one step at a time and just try to be mindful and aware without overcomplicating things so we can try and make a positive change, whether it's martial arts in gyms, et cetera. Um, but what you're doing is, a, is an amazing thing anyway. Like you said, you're trying your hardest to just make a space where if someone's trans comes in, they have a room or they've got the acknowledgement or you're respecting the individual's needs and doing what you can to make them feel comfortable. That already in itself is a gold mine because you're going a long way than what someone else would. Yeah, I hope many others will follow. I also really realized that when I asked, like, where do you want to change? And then also when I realized kind of it's in, in at the moment in the middle, I'm like, well, we have their shower room. You can close it. Then nobody comes in. Solved. You know, and then as we move forward, we want to create also unisex. So then it's just, you know, for everyone. And then it's also like, and then it's also not special or something out of the ordinary. It's just there you know i mean like also when you go to a swimming pool you also have these unisex uh cabin cabins where you go in also nobody cares about so i think i i want to make it not normal in the, in, in the stupid sense of the word normal but just like that i don't want it to be like a huge thing either the people just can come don't need to sweat it they're just gonna go to train have their space feel good and go home that's kind of like it's challenge. It, it is. It's fun at the same time. Like I've gone to um, when we go bouldering, they've got unisex bathrooms, and I walk in. There's women there. I'm like, oh, is this the wrong one? And they're like, no, no, you can stay in here. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like I feel weird standing here, and you're like having a conversation. I'm like, I don't know what to do because it's this is it's new for me. But the stores are all like everything is closed completely. Yeah. Uh, some of the bathrooms now, when you go out to nightclubs, they're unisex, and the girls are sitting in the corner talking, and I'm like. <laughs> I, I again i feel awkward being there and yeah. it's just it's something again that's some people are just extremely comfortable with yeah and there's others where it's like it's it's new and i think also as you said having an environment that you have where it's so comfortable and people would feel themselves and you'll attract more and more people that will share that mindfulness and awareness some people walk in and go, ah, this is just not for me and it's not a bad thing I think you're just creating a community or environment that just allowing like-minded people to come in, yeah. which is good. It's a niche. Some yeah. people like it, some don't, but it's it's not a bad thing. I no, think. exactly. I think so too. I think you need a bit of everything because that's that's how you can reach most people and, and make a change in their lives the most. So then my last question, what is your favorite quote or comment or question? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I used to have this quote when I was younger, um, you know, respect the respect the self before anyone else, mm -hmm. um, which I think I finally just started doing. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't really have um, – no one generally asks me anything different or um, unique. I like questions where it allows me to actually think mm -hmm. about who I am because, you know, I think the one thing that a lot of people ask is, you know, if you can go back and change anything and stuff, but – I don't think I've made a lot of mistakes in life, you know, really bad decisions, silly decisions, but I failed a lot in life, but I wouldn't know what's right until I knew what was wrong. Mm -hmm. And as much as, as I've got like the amount of scars I've got all over my body, the amount of times I've tried to take my life, the amount of negativity and the amount of <laughs> hatred, I still love life. I think it's still beautiful. 
And I, I know there's a lot of people I walk around that probably don't want me here. But then I also, that allows me to really step back and think, but we're all the same. The person next to you, someone probably doesn't want here. And I think that's a fascinating thing about life is that I stopped worrying about other people and started focusing on myself. Mm-hmm. And it's easy and hard to do because when you're in a ring, you have to shut out 50 to 500 to maybe a thousand voices judging you. And that's a real challenging thing to do. But when you can focus on yourself, it's a very empowering thing. But for those transitioning, I think it's the most empowering thing because transitioning doesn't mean you're changing your gender. I think it's transitioning into someone that you know, you know mm-hmm. who you are. And even though no one on the outside will go, well, you're born a man, stay a man. When you know, you know. And I think that's a very empowering statement within yourself. When you know who you are, you know, when some women are married and they're like, no, I just know I'm gay. I think that's empowering because you know and you're listening to yourself. And some people in life may never experience that. And it doesn't have to be through gender change or transitioning. I've just always felt that transgender people are able to live a life of truth that a lot of people don't experience. And I think that's empowering. But to those who aren't gay or transitioning or transgender or whatever, I think finding a part of yourself through life is a very empowering thing. And it may sound selfish, but I do believe we are here for ourselves in a sense, Um, as as weird as that may sound. And I think the most empowering thing we can do is live for us. And if we can do that, because when we leave, we leave with our knowledge and our growth and development. I think it would be a sad life to live for someone else. Um, And if those who are trapped in certain environments to still find something for you to live for, your truth, because I think that that goes a long way. I hope that was a positive message because it is. It is positive. No, I see it uh, very similarly because I'm kind of like, if you don't stand in your truth and your power, how can you get anything done, either for you or others, right? Like too many people, they somehow live their lives for something or somebody else. And I think that is actually very sad. So even if you realize something about yourself, it may be even also shocking to yourself. Um, in the end, I do believe it is empowering because in the end, I think in general, regardless of gender or whatever it is, knowing who you are, figuring out who you are, I think is so empowering and so huge. And I think that's the one thing about gyms that a lot of people where we find a commonality, martial arts brings us together because it is a very individual, even though you are in a team, yeah, it's a very individual personal development. Now, a lot of people go, it's combative, you're punching someone, but it's a very empowering sport within it's not violent. It's a very self-growth development that I cannot explain. And that's where I think martial arts is the most extraordinary thing out there in life, along with sports, you know, not taking that away, mm-hmm. where it brings us all together from all backgrounds and all walks of life. And I think that's where it's interesting that you've got people who are convicts, you know, robbed, you know, bad marriages, lost their businesses, transgenders, gay, bi, Um, autistic that find one love and it's for them individual selves but you're you're amongst each other and I feel like if we can share that commonality why do we have racism and you know why do we have that when we've got such a a common ground that we walk on together again that's that's my view and, and from what I've experienced in life and that's why I still love the sport sometimes the people in it are challenging well I think otherwise we'd be boring right if it would be too easy, it would become boring. Then we would be whining again that it's you know not challenging enough. 
Farrell, I thank you so much for your input and sharing today with me. I think there's a lot to think about. I, I learned a lot. I'm pretty sure the listeners also because they learn a lot. The coach perspective, the perspective of a student, I think this is very helpful. And uh, to our listeners, in the show notes, you will get information if you want to reach out and connect with Pharrell. And um, for now, I say goodbye. <laughs>